baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, World of Stupid Time. So I didn't tease the one story we're going to start with, Ed. Title is, What Men Truly Like Doing in Bed. After women gave Tracy Cox their honest confession, men reveal what raunchy acts get them going. This is a story in the Daily Mail. I just wanted to read some of these facts, which I think are interesting. And I've often said it, we don't talk enough about these things, and people are afraid to talk about it, but I'm not. Only being able to last three minutes during intercourse is normal. You guys hear that? Three minutes. That's normal. Does that include getting undressed? Or is that when the action starts? <laughs> because whenever it's somebody says, how big are you? Like, I measure from all the way from the b-hole. Because it's just, right? You gotta get, you're trying to get as much as you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me a dirty story. Three minutes would be two and a half minutes of recovering. Yes. Well, a quarter of all women who seek help because of erectile, a quarter of all men who seek help uh, because of erectile dysfunction are under the age of 40. You know, we're always talking about it with LifeMed and everything. Yeah. Oh, do I talk, oh, you know, joking about this or that. I can't believe you're talking about that. Just, it, it happens. It happens to people. Yeah. Plenty of people. And there's nothing wrong with getting help. Almost 70% of men use, over 50, use a drug to enhance their erection. I get that. Not me. I'm, I mean, I have that stuff if you if you need them. Oh, anyway. Um, Take whatever you got. Yeah, I just got more. I've, I have four unopened packages of Blue Chew at my house. Boner gum. Women are the only ones who find intercourse painful. A Kinsey Institute study found 7% of men report pain from vaginal intercourse. You buy that? I don't get that. Uh, I don't know. 18% of men spend up to 30 minutes on foreplay, but almost a third would like it to be even longer. And men prefer intercourse to last between 20 and 30 minutes, while women find half that time acceptable. Wait a minute. 30 minutes of intercourse? Well, it's, it's including that foreplay, foreplay and everything. Yeah, yeah, the drive to the house, you know, the, the credits during the movie. <laughs> the drinks. Yeah, all those things. That's intercourse, right? Um, and I, I found a lot of this stuff interesting as well. Some of it I... I I'm not reading on the air. It's, it's uh, Some of it's very aggressive, by the way. Like what? Um, I mean, there's stuff talking about how oral, right? Yeah. Most men are fine. Oh, where's the numbers here? I should get the numbers. Uh, 50, 52% of men think oral sex is more intimate than regular sex. Which way? Huh? Oral giving or getting? Giving. Oh. Or getting. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Uh, See, you got to be specific. They, don't yada yada sex. Yeah. 93% of men say, sex. here you go. <laughs> 93% of men say giving oral sex is somewhat very pleasurable compared to 83% of women say giving it is pleasurable. 83? Hmm. Uh, only 7% of men don't enjoy giving, uh, while 17% of women uh, don't enjoy giving. Return the favor, right? 
Anyway, all right, I'll move off of this because we got some other. I like to stay on that all morning. I mean, I I have like There's a, a million. Of, of these. I'm just curious about a lot of things they said there. I think you and I should be talking in the commercial for this. Is a long article. You know what? I'm going to post it on social media if anybody wants to read it. There's a lot of interesting stuff in here. I'm sorry. I thought thought it'd be great for the world of stupid. Um, I want to tell you this uh, this story here about a North Dakota woman. Her boyfriend came into thirty million dollars. He inherited it, so she poisoned him. <laughs> North Dakota woman fatally poisoned her boyfriend after learning about his plans to dump her because he inherited $30 million oh. just hours <laughs> earlier. Ina Thea Knoyer, a Knoyer, uh, yeah, but she said she was, she, she poisoned him because of financial motives. Really? Uh, the case was extremely complex, said the, the police department. Uh, Riley became ill when he met his lawyer on September 3rd to collect the massive in, uh, inheritance sum. Uh, Kanoyer didn't call 911 until the next day, but yeah, she'd been poisoning him for a while and she got busted. So now she's get she's going to go to jail for quite a long time. So he got, he got sick. He did. He, but did he die? But did he die? Yeah. It said fatally poisoned. Fatally poisoned. Yeah. Sorry. So he gone. Wow. This last story. Look, what do I do with that money. <laughs> where does it go? It's still around. Yeah. yeah. Who would that go to? I guess Gosh. the next person in line, right? Yeah, if he had any heirs. Yeah. All right, well, this is, as I said, I follow a lot of interesting things on um, social media, and one of which, I just tweeted out that story uh, from the Daily Mail about sex, if anybody wants that. Um, This one here was really, really interesting to me. Uh, I started reading about, so this is at Time Cap Tales. This woman went skydiving, right? 1999, Joan Murray's parachute malfunctioned, causing her to fall 14,500 feet. Her backup parachute opened up at 700 feet. 700 feet. Yes, but it quickly deflated, and she continued to plummet towards the ground at about 80 miles per hour. Miraculously, Murray survived the fall, thanks, because she landed on something. What do you think she landed on, Ed? A dumpster? (laughs) No. Joe, do you have any guesses what she landed on? Have you seen this? I mean, this story's insane. This is not the... uh... This is not the flight attendant. Have you heard of that one before? She was willingly skydiving. Yeah, this woman was willingly skydiving. Okay, yeah, I don't know this one. I'll um, I'll I'll say like the other woman. She landed in a tree. No, she landed on fire ants. Oh, she landed on a mound of fire ants and was bitten so many times or stung so many times, two hundred times, that the ants released a surge of adrenaline, which kept her heart beating, and it kept her alive. You're kidding. This is one of the weirdest stories I've ever read. And like they, the more and more I start reading, this is why I do it. Like, cause sometimes you see a story, you're like, oh my God, how did that happen? Uh, and there's all these different skydiving stories. Um, the fire w- ants. Yep. I'm saying that what a horrible thing. You drop 14,000 feet into a pile of fire ants. You can't move. And all of a sudden, you know everything. How painful they are. But she lived. God. Her name's Joan Murray. Uh, so there you go. That's your world of stupid. And again, I did that story. I retweeted that. So if anybody wants to see it, uh, it's really, really crazy. All right. We're going to talk some more NFL at 7.30. Talk Ravens a little bit later in the hour. But up next, Ed, we're going to get the NHL. I got some questions for you about how teams are looking to start off the season. Check out the standings a little bit and see if there's anybody you're bullish on um, that maybe some other people aren't. So we'll get into that. That's coming up in Ed's NHL recap right here on 105.7 The Fan. Welcome back. Big Bad Morning Show. Jeremy Kahn, Ed Norris here. Rob Long is off today, which makes it difficult because we're going to do a hockey segment. We don't have our hockey expert, so we'll go to the number two guy. 
I'm kidding. Ed Nor is going to give us our, our hockey assessment. So, Ed, just a couple of things. One of the things you and I were touching on in the commercial break was the insane death that happened on the ice. Yeah, it's um, just awful. We've seen this before, and this gr- these are gruesome injuries. Yeah. Um, we talk about how rough football is and the rough that hockey is not just a rough game, but you forget these guys. It's kind of strange when you think about it. You get great athletes. Very strong men were carrying sticks for their equipment. Sticks. Show me this what you carry a stick around. Baseball, you have it at the plate and you throw it away if you get a hit. Mm-hmm. Hockey, you carry with you all the time. They got sticks and they have blades strapped to their feet. And the blades on their feet are sharp, right? Very sharp. You sharpen them before the games because the sharper they are, the faster you go. And, you know, it's, it's, we've had tragedies before. Where people have had, you know, we've seen the goalie with his throat cut years ago. Um, I think Evander Kane got his throat cut last year. Yeah. Um, with Sawchuck early in his career got Sawchuck, cut, right? Yeah. Because um, that, that, that image, you see the blood just pouring from his throat, it's horrible. Right? Yeah. Um, what was that, Joe? Reeves what? cut his, they thought he caught his wrist. Right, yes, they that's almost, right. almost hit his whatever yes. artery that is. I forgot about that. That's right. Um, oh, it's the, I, I got the technical term. It's the arm artery. Yeah, I just looked. Oh, up. thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. In the wrist, it's the arm artery. Yeah, but that's a big thing. That's how people cut their wrist when they kill themselves. Yeah. But anyway, Adam Johnson's a former Penguin. Um, he was playing for the Sheffield Panthers. Now he's playing in England, and unfortunately, the former forward has throat cut and he died. And and this is something. It's a gruesome death and a gruesome injury. And it's horrible. Think about it in a sport where you, you have people in the stands watching, and all of a sudden you've got this guy, you know, blood spouting in someone's neck, and they die. It's a it's it's as tragic as it gets in sports. Um, but one of the things I've been calling for, and I don't know why they haven't done this before. I know guys, look, guys resisted helmets. I grew up in the era when they didn't wear helmets. And when they made it, it was, uh, optional, people still didn't wear helmets. Very few. So what they did was, and I think it's good because they made it mandatory because these guys are tough guys. Like, I'm not wearing a helmet. Oh, I have to. I wouldn't, but they made me. Well, they should make her in neck guards too. And I don't know why they don't. Um, because I, I, I don't know this, you know, I'm not a neck guard inventor, but I do know that things like cut gloves for chefs, they're very lightweight. They're a mesh that prevents a knife from getting through. And I'm sure you can put a thicker form of that. That's stretchy. It's not so uncomfortable to, to wear on your neck. What if we now hear me out? Go ahead. What if we put in, take out the ice, we put in hardwood floors, we set you up with socks like, uh, like Tom Cruise had when he slid across the floor. Yes. And then we just get, like, we put pledge all over that hardwood floor to make it nice and slippery. Like it did as a kid? Yeah. yeah. And then you guys, like, with your socks, you, <laughs> you keep, yeah. It'd be like, um, you yeah. see the guys that do the, what is the brisk walking? Or yeah, the brace walking. <laughs> you got to have good hips. Yeah. You just have to move quick. I mean, it'd be safer. For yes. Guys. I'm trying to protect sure. them. But anyway, in England, they're mandating it now. So the equipment came. There's neck protectors, the neck guards and protectors are mandatory starting in 2024, so... Something positive came out of something terrible, but what a sad day! And they're they're honoring him now. And you know the other thing, because this is an accident; it's not done on oh, purpose. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I always go back to this. Like um, I talked about Max Schmeling quite a bit, uh, and some of the boxers that have actually killed people in the ring. Yeah, um, you know, Dooku, boom boom, yeah, boom boom Dooku killed Kim. Dooku Kim. Um, you know, and like it's not just the obviously it's affecting the family of the person that died. But there's also that other part of it where it affects the person that actually did that. Because it's this is 100% totally an accident. Yeah. And that guy's still got to move on and live with his yeah. life. 
uh, committing that accident, and it's just it's horrific. Well, you mentioned boxing. I mean, Dooku Kim's mother killed herself, and then the referee killed himself. He had two suicides from that. In addition to the death of the, of the fighter. Yeah. So, I mean, it's there was a lot of fallout from well, that. Well, it's horror. like I talk about the movie um, that Russell Crowe was in, uh, not Gladiator, no, the boxing movie, uh, where he was- uh, Cinderella Man? Cinderella Man, thank you. I don't know why I couldn't remember the damn name of it. But Max Bear in the movie killed a guy in the ring, and they made him out to be a villain and a bad guy in the movie because they needed to to kind of trump it up for, you know, you already had the- um, the Great Depression as the mm-hmm. villain and all these other things, but they they built up Max Bear. When Max Bear killed the guy in the ring, he donated all the money that he won from the fight to the family, and he was never the same fighter after that. No, never. He just, just yeah, he was one tough customer. Yeah, so but I I just think some of that stuff's tough. All right, we, this is an NHL segment. I didn't mean to turn it into boxing, but I you know we talking about somebody dying in a sport is kind of crazy. Let's um let's take a look at the Western Conference. What are you seeing out west? Uh, I'm seeing the best teams in hockey right now, and the. the Right now in the Western Conference, uh, you've got your reigning NFL, NFL, NHL champion, Stanley Cup champion, um, Las Vegas. And you just have a lot of good teams out there right now, which is kind of unusual. I always thought the East dominated. But now you're looking at the number one and two power-ranked teams. The Golden Knights are actually ranked number one. The Avalanche are two. Um, so, I mean, the Golden Knights, obviously, the, you know, the reigning champs, so sure. And they're, they're off to a terrific start, torrid start. The Avalanche won a couple years ago. The Dallas Stars are up there. Um so there's some really good teams in the West. And you look at the standings right now, it's no, no big surprise if you're a hockey fan. You've got the Golden Knights, who are 9-0 and right now. They've won overtime loss. They've won nine games already. Um, they sit atop the Pacific Division. Canucks are second, the Kings are third. Um, in the Central, you've got the Avalanche uh, with 12.62-0. Dallas Stars. So these are the teams that have been competing in the last couple of years. The Stars, of course, win the Stanley Cup, the Western Conference Final. Um but now you've got the same teams out West who are looking good. No big surprises right now, to me anyway. What about, um, you know, you, you mentioned Vegas. How, how good is Vegas right now? Very good. Yeah, They're really, really good. And they've done it with great skaters in front of a, a good goaltender. And it seems like that's a formula teams are trying to emulate. Like Kings are trying to do this now. Where it's not just the goaltending, because a good goaltender is still going to – you can't stop people from getting a healthy defenseman. If your blue liners suck, you're going to suck. So they've done a really good job of, of fortifying the blue line and and protecting the goaltender. And that's that was a formula to win. And it's, it's still working. Now the Kings are like they're emulating them. Um, uh, let's head to the Eastern Conference. Tell me a little bit about that. Eastern Conference. I'll start with the Metropolitan. Uh, the Rangers are in first place in the Metropolitan with 14 points. Um, they've been a you know a Stanley Cup favorite for the last couple of years. They're a, a young team. They look good. They look real good this year again. Uh, early on in the season, with the seven and two right now, the Hurricanes six and four behind them. The Devils five and two. Um, so you've got a, a bunch of um, the teams you'd expect to be at the top. You'd expect the Hurricanes. You expect the Rangers. I say the Rangers are leading the Metropolitan right now. I think the more interesting division is the Atlantic. Because the team that you would absolutely expect to be winning is the Boston Bruins. They get 17 points right now. They're in first place. Eight wins, no losses, one overtime loss, 17 points. The teams that I think are surprising me are the teams that are above the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning's still good, hanging on despite the fact they're aging. The Maple Leafs are good. I thought the Maple Leafs would be a little higher right now, off to a bit of a slow start. But the teams that really get me are the uh, Red Wings and the Canadians. Because these are teams that have not done well. The Canadians have been terrible. Um, I mean, terrible last couple of years. And that's, a, you know, an original six team, that, you know, that you 
you're not used to seeing suck so badly. But they are. I mean, they have been. And now, all of a sudden, they're off to a good start this year. And really surprising me, um, it's, it's surprising nobody else. And the team beyond that that has really surprised me, and it's not, and I want you to try, I mean, I want to ask Rob because his memory sucks, but I've been talking to the Red Wings for the last couple of years. Rob's old favorite team. Yes, yes, it was his first favorite mm-hmm. team. Um, all the gear he bought that he said. He bought all Red Wings gear. I've never seen a shirt, but he has it. <laughs> he said he's a Red Wings fan. Um, but Rob's team, um, they were bad for a long time. Another original six team, they, you know, a ton of Stanley Cup victories in their history, um, but they've been bad. I mention this because I told you over the last couple of years, they have the former Lightning GM, Steve Eiserman, who's a former NHL player. He's mm-hmm. a very good player. He's now the general manager of the Red Wings. He's done with the Red Wings what he did with the Lightning, just draft really well. When he was at the Lightning, he drafted all the stars they have now. Wasn't Eiserman a Red Wings player? Yes, he was. Yeah. 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 Um, I think he was with them the last time on a cup. And um, so he was a Red Wings. You know, so he's a, a part of the organization for a long time. But he... Um, He's done exactly there what he's done with the Lightning, and now it's starting to pay off, I think. Because the last couple of years, I've seen them make steady progress, and now they're in second place in the Atlantic with 13 points, and I don't think it's an early season fluke. I think they're going to be good now. I think he's actually just, he's one of those GMs. He's like a Theo Epstein or somebody like that where, you know, Michael Elias, where you look at a guy and think, wow, why can't everybody do that? Yeah. And, you know, assemble a team like that. I think he's done a really good job with Detroit, and I think they're going to be good. And the Canadians, it's... I, I mean, I had a Canadians hoodie on the other day. I'm not a big Canadians fan, but I do love the original six teams. That's a good looking hoodie, though. Well, yeah, isn't it? from a guy that wears hoodies a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's a good look. <laughs> it's a good look. You're looking yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So I like. I do like the Canadians. I, I think the only original six team I wouldn't wear the gear from are probably the Bruins. Yeah. I'd wear the Maple Leafs. I'd wear the Red Wings, Blackhawks. Can't wear the Boston Bruins. And I hate everything Boston, but I will defend Larry Bird like that. Some bitch is going out. <laughs> I, I, it just. I, I like the more and more I watch that cat play, I'll defend him to anyone. Um, that being said, all right, that's our NHL segment. We got we got to uh, step out here and got other stuff coming up. We're gonna um, get to the NFL and talk about the trade deadline a little bit. What happened with the Ravens? But up next, deadline deals for some of the other teams. I want to tell you about the team that really pissed me off. And if you're a fan of this team, you should be upset. I think their GM should be fired, kind of like what the Raiders did last night. We'll talk about the winners and losers. That's coming up next. And take your phone calls at four one zero five eight three one zero five seven. Big Bad Morning Show. Bring in the horns. Thank you. This is when they were great. <laughs> Before they went to Saturday in the Park and all that nonsense. I love Chicago. Chicago. The first album my parents ever bought me. And Joe, thanks for playing this because I think Chicago should fire their GM after yesterday. Well, they should have fired him a year or two ago. You take that whole group and just pack them up. They traded for Montez Sweat, which you'd go, okay, they need... They're a team that's going to have a top five pick. They're probably going to have two because they also have the Panthers' first round pick. And you trade a second round pick away for a pass rusher whose contract expires at the end of the year. Now, could you franchise him? Sure. Could you sign him uh, right now to an extension? Sure. But if he's going there, why wouldn't he want to hit the open market to see what he's worth and maybe not stay with Chicago? He's not going to sign early, I don't think, unless you overwhelm him with cash. But even then, why would you give up a second round pick to do that? To me, outside of teams that didn't make trades to better their teams, all the things that went on, the Chicago Bears were absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, the biggest loser yesterday. It's not It's not even close. You gave up a second-round pick that was virtually a first-round pick so you could trade for a player whose contract expires. Yeah. And you're not in the playoff picture. 
You're not in the playoff picture. You have not been. You're a terrible team right now. You're, you're not going anywhere. If you're going to rebuild, what do you do? You accumulate draft picks. Yes. Because you're going to suck for the next year or two anyway, at the very least. So you'll be drafting at the very top of the draft. You may be first or second. And then you're going to be 33rd or 34th. They were set up so well this year to... And let's say they don't get the number one pick. Let's say they don't get Caleb Williams and they have to keep Justin Fields. Are you telling me they couldn't draft an offensive lineman and Marvin Harrison Jr. in the top five? They couldn't draft a pass rusher and and Marvin Harrison Jr. who's going to be the best receiver in this year's draft class? Like, there's... And even if they didn't want to go the receiver route, which I think they should because I think this guy's a game changer, um, why would you give up a, a draft pick that high when it's cheap talent? If you're going to draft somebody in the second round, you're going to get them for at least four years. Four years yeah. at a cheap rate. And instead now you're you're giving up that pick to go get somebody else. It, I just It's terrible. Um, was there anything else that stood out to you uh, leading up to this? Because there were some trades that happened a while back. In your opinion, uh, well, here, I'll, I'll show I, I think Leonard Williams was the best player that was traded. Me too. Um, I think he's a big difference maker. Now, Montez Sweat, you could make a case for him or no, Chase Young. Leonard Williams is well, better. Agreed. I'm just yeah. saying you could make a case that those guys with the position they play in getting after the quarterback, um, that they could be more important. But where Montez Sweat went, it doesn't matter. It's just not helping him. Uh, we talked about Ezra Cleveland going to the Jags. They beef up their offensive line. Uh, Chase Young to the 49ers, which knowing what he was in college and where he got drafted, you're going, what the hell? Like, what? You're just giving him up for a third-round pick, but that's where we're at with Washington. And uh, Rasul Douglas gets traded to the Bills, which is kind of funny because there's a clip of Josh Allen going up to him, telling him how bad he sucks. Um, and now he's his teammate. <laughs> I always love those stories. But what about you, Ed? Best player traded. You you agree with Leonard Williams? Leonard Williams. Yeah. Yep. And Hands down. Who had the best trade? Was that the best trade in your opinion? Yeah, because it's the best player that went to a good team. A team that should be in the playoffs, right? Seattle. Yeah, I'm going to see him Sunday. So you're talking about, I'm assuming he's going to play. Mm -hmm. And he's he's a really good player. Yeah, I just, like, in watching yesterday, all the rumors that were coming out of who could go where, I would have loved Jameis Winston to the Vikings. I didn't love the Josh Dobbs, as I talked about it earlier I just like watching Jameis Winston play because you don't know what you're going to get. I do, too, when I play against him. <laughs> he's great. Josh Dobbs, though, I, I talked about the, the odds for the uh, the Vikings. They didn't change after they traded for him. That makes sense, though. Um, and then we had some other trades that happened, uh, you know, a, a little while ago or, like, some of them were smaller. We mentioned, uh, you know, the, the fact that the Falcons had traded for a wide receiver help and defensive line help. Uh, Kevin Byard going to the Eagles. I mean, Byard's a former All-Pro player. My favorite thing about Kevin Byard was the time that Deion Sanders subtweeted him and telling him he didn't know football. He doesn't know because he doesn't play in the league. And he goes, I was an All-Pro this year. How do you not know who I am? That was my favorite Kevin Byard thing that ever happened. That Deion Sanders had no idea who he was. But Van Jefferson went to Atlanta a while ago. Um, the 49ers got Randy Gregory. Miami Dolphins getting Chase Claypool. These are things that happened a while back. Um, but it was kind of weird hearing some of the phone calls that took place that the Bears might move their one of their star young cornerbacks, and they were asking for a second mm-hmm. or third round pick, and apparently they didn't get what they wanted. I just think some of the best teams in the NFL end up getting some really good players, and unfortunately, the te- they they didn't grade out well when they do the you know who grade what are the grades for the drafts this week, and you know all the people that gave up everything except for the Bears they got a D minus for their trade, mm-hmm. but which they should. You th- you look at the teams that are, are at the top of the NFL. And who they got, they just got better. 
I mean, you talk about Eagles, 49ers. Bayard going to the Eagles, right? 49ers, they get Chase Young. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about, you know, uh, Williams going to the Seahawks. Those three teams are all legitimate playoff contenders. They all got better. But how much did the AFC teams get better? Uh, the top teams. So Miami gets Chase Claypool. I don't know that that's, that yeah. moves the needle for me. Uh, yeah. J.C. Jackson back to the Patriots. I don't expect them to be in a playoff mix. Um, you know, you, you start looking at some of the other smaller acquisitions that went on um, of teams trying to better themselves. McCole Hardman to the, Roy- uh, to the Royals, to the Chiefs. There's <laughs> an obscure pick that no one's going to look at. Um, in the AFC, I think they actually did improve a good team. Unless the Jag, they get Ezra Cleveland, yeah. So you pick, you fortify your interior offensive line, and you give up a six a good round team. pick. I I know he's a good player. Uh, unfortunately, he's a guard. So nobody, you know, you ever hear of him? Raise your hands out there. Who, who who's a big Ezra Cleveland jersey wearer? Oh, like, all the time. I mean, nobody. But I mean, they're the worst, one of the worst pass blocking teams in the NFL, and now they got better. Yeah. Well, you know, that that was a trade deadline. We were uh, a little upset. There were conflicting reports going on with the Ravens all day about running backs and different things they were in. Uh, we are going to take some calls. But up next, reports are that the Ravens attempted to trade for Josh Jacobs, though the two sides couldn't agree on compensation. Would Jacobs have been the key to this offense, kind of unlocking it and getting it going? Or do you think they're fine the way they are? 410-583-1057. Ed and I discuss next here on The Fan. Storming the castle with the Big Bad Morning Show. Brought to you by Life Med Institute. Guys, regain confidence and performance in the bedroom with RevWave Therapy at Life Med Institute. RevWave is a revolutionary, non-invasive ED treatment. Call 410-575-1200 or lifemedinstitute.com to find out more. 1057 The Fan. Love our guys. I think we, we have everything we need to be successful. It's at the same time, if an opportunity came... To bring in somebody that can help us and make us better uh, in any area, really, but you know, certain areas more than others, of course. And and you could do it in a way that was affordable to the to the team uh, and the club, cap wise, draft pick wise, those kind of things. You would do it. You would do it to try to get better. That was John Harbaugh on Monday. Um, yeah, look, you, you'll do anything or what you believe can help make your team better, but you're not going to mortgage your future just for now. Um, and meaning just giving away stuff. Like, why would you – you want to get better, but you're just not going to give away picks or players just for the sake of it. Now, um, so the the Ravens don't get anything done. And, Ed, what was your initial reaction when it happened? Because I was kind of like, eh, it kind of sucks because you'd like to have something new to talk about and a new piece. Uh, when, come to when, it, when nothing happened. Yeah, when nothing happened. No, that was fine. I didn't think anything would happen. I was excited about Derrick Henry. But I knew before the trade deadline that it wasn't coming because it was already out there. The, uh, what's wrong with me today? Allegedly, the owner shot it down. So I, you know, I was like, eh, that was probably it. Um, so I was like, no, wasn't that surprised? Honestly, I wasn't. Yeah, I don't know why we we get into these. Like I was in the mode just because they've done it before, and now they're in a in a really good position and going to get some compensation picks back and things like that. That. I thought they could move a pick to go get a player of somebody somebody that could help them. Uh, it does suck hearing that Josh Jacobs wanted to come here, if that's true, or Derrick Henry could have come here, but both of those get nixed because, well, the rumor was that the Raiders were asking for a second round pick, and that the Titans Good, owner yeah. didn't want to get rid of them. Which is there's so much calculus that goes into these things. If you're going to be a general manager, 
Mitch, you got to you have to look at everything. So I wasn't that disappointed because from the names that were mentioned, okay, I, I would have liked to have either one of them. Two of my favorite players in the league. I've, I mean, you know me. You you favor whoever, whatever you played or whatever you like. You like receivers. I like linebackers and running backs. That's what I play. It's, those are my. So I always look and so those are my people. That's what I wanted to see here. I like you know linebackers particularly, um, strong safeties. But there's a lot that goes into it, and it's not just the player because you got to look at where they fit, who they complement. Do they complement the offense? Do they put someone on the bench who's a starter? And like you know, with, with Gus Edwards, I was worried about that. That's why I look at like I think the 49ers hit, hit, hit it out of the park mm-hmm. because okay, you pick up a good pass rusher, right? You get Chase Young. Who's the opposite? I know that was just getting defensive to say that. player of the year. Yeah, yeah, maybe the best pass rusher in the NFL, Nick Bosa. So you, now you have him on the opposite side of him. How much better did Young just get? Got to pay attention to somebody. You want to help him make some money too, right? Yeah. You'd have to think. You get paired up with a guy like that, and you have – like people talk about having bookend tackles, right? How great is it when you trust your right tackle and your left right. tackle? I, I I love the fact when I have bookend pass rushers, and then I get to sub them on and off the field yeah. and give them spe- – you know, spell them, and those are the guys I'm going to instead of – you know, the Ravens are scheming right now to get after the quarterback. Right, and you're gonna and it's working. But what it, what happens when you run into it? Can you scheme your way to get into the quarterback or is talent? What about when you don't have to? You could drop seven. Mm-hmm. You put seven in coverage and you can still get pressure. That well, makes a di- that's a different team. Think about like when we went back to when the Bucks beat the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. In the that's Super how Bowl. they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, we talked about. I was yeah. I, that was one of the most. Confident, I think I've ever been in a Super Bowl going, the Chiefs are winning this game. I don't know what we're talking about. Or I'm sorry, the Bucks are winning this game. I don't know what we're talking about here. The Chiefs' offensive line terrible. is not up to snuff. They the Bucks had up. the best D-line in football. Yeah. So, and that's what happened. Yeah, Mahomes couldn't breathe that day. And now the 49ers, you talk about, they, they've got a great team everywhere. Mm-hmm. And now... You have the best. I mean, one of the the best, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You bring in now. You bring in another one who's young, you know not as good, but he may all of a sudden blossom because he's got both on the other side. And then you've got arguably the best inside linebacker in the game, and Fred Warner. Yeah. It's him or Roquan. I mean, well, to me, have, they're one and one a. They have almost the highest paid player at every major position that you can think of. Uh, it was running back, wide receiver, yeah. tight end, left tackle, pass rusher, mm-hmm. uh, middle linebacker. You know, they that's and that's why you can have a Brock Purdy at quarterback because you've surrounded him with so much. And yeah. that's kind of a weird situation too, but we'll get to that at another date. I, I want to take some phone calls here, people with Ravens questions, and we'll continue to take phone calls at 410-583-1057. Let's go to Wayne and Dundalk. What's up, Wayne? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, just a couple of things to say real quick. I got a story like your uh, fire ants. But with the Ravens, you know, it's just my opinion. I don't think that we need to go out and get anybody. I mean, the, the, we've lost two games. One we've given up and one we've dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because of any kind of position or anything like that. We should really be 8-0. and But we, you got a lot of momentum. You got Clowney that came in. He was doing great. You know what I mean? If he, if he made all the plays that he got in the backfield, he'd be – Defensive MVP, you got Vinoy, just all these guys. I think it's staying with who you got, letting these guys know, hey, let's go on a roll in the second half and let's win this thing. You know what I mean? I don't have a problem with that. But real quick, uh, there was a story. It's just like the, the the fire ants. This lady in California was dying of Lyme disease. She went out there, and her and her caretaker was walking down the street. She got swarmed by uh, a swarm of killer bees, and they stung her, and um, like all over her face. So what happened was they actually have something that kills Lyme disease, but nobody's ever gotten stung by a swarm hmm. to prove it. But it actually, the lady woke up the next day 
went to the hospital and the Lyme disease was gone and she lived <laughs> and lived on. It was well, a crazy story. Tough way to find out, but yeah. good for her. Yeah. Because how'd you, we, we can cure this, but you have to be stung by a swarm of killer bees. Oh my God. Like, yikes. Think about that. Hey, we've had a lot of situations where people have been lucky to find out. Uh, I mean, we hear about it all the time. We're speaking of trade deadlines. Guys get traded, get their physical, and it's like, oh, you got cancer. Oh, you got a heart uh, defect. You know, it, yeah. it's it's a weird way to find out things. Like Karis yeah. Levert uh, for the Cavaliers, when he got traded, they were like, man, something's wrong with your heart. And he had to, you know, there was a thought that he might be done, yeah. you know? Well, what, but, uh, his name is here. The linebacker with the, uh, the the neck injury. Oh, Just... um, uh, Zach, Zach Orr. Yes. Or who? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically he had... He's got what I had, what I have. And when they discovered it a routine physical, because the same doctor, the team doctor, told me, she said, if you're an NFL player, you can't play anymore, which is what's causing my shoulder pain. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a similar injury. When you find out that stuff, I mean, look, it's absolute game changer. Um, but of course, with, you know, telling that story earlier about the woman that fell 14,000 feet, hit the ground at about 80 miles an hour when her backup shoot. Uh, pulled at 700 feet and didn't yeah. really uh, fully uh, kind of come out to slow down her speed. And she hit the ground and she would have died had she not landed on and been stung or bitten by like 200 fire ants that just got her heart going. I would have the biggest ant tattoo. Yes. <laughs> right after that. Oh, man. Anyway, let's go to Antonio and Rosedale. Antonio, you're on the fan. What's up, man? Good morning. How Good morning. you guys doing? Good. Good, man. Happy birthday to my dad. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Dad. His name is Russ. I know his name. I can't call him Dad? You can call him Dad. All right, cool. We'll call him late for dinner. <laughs> What's on your mind, Antonio? Should the, we be disappointed that the Ravens didn't make any trades at the deadline? Are we good to go? And you guys have a wonderful day. You too. Look, I, it's okay to be disappointed, but I think being angry is another thing. Like, people are actually like, oh, they're going to lose, and they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs because they didn't make a move today. And again, we don't know what's going to happen for the next nine games uh, or, you know, the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs. And it's just, you, you got to wait this out and see. And again, if they lose in the playoffs, does it mean they lost because they didn't make a trade yesterday? No, it's, that's not the case. We don't know who's going to no. get hurt. You're going to have more injuries throughout the year, right? Other guys are going to have to step up. It's just that's the way the NFL is. Yeah, and those are the toughest part of the schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. So we're going to learn more and more about this Ravens team. All right, we're going to continue to take phone calls on this. 410-583-1057. I see Kevin, you're going to be up first. Take your uh, your call as well. want to hear from you. Do you think the Ravens did enough or have enough on this roster? Should they have made a trade, bit the bullet, gave up some picks, and gone out and got a player? We'll talk about that and take your phone calls right here on 105.7 The Fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 